There is many a rich stone laid up in the bowels of the earth, many a fair pearl laid up in the bosom of the sea, that never was seen nor ever shall be. Joseph Hall Welcome to this week's episode of Warfare, Advancement, and Revisionism. My name is Preston Floyd, and as always, I'm your host. I'd like to thank everyone for joining me this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode, and if this is your first uh, time joining me, uh, welcome again. And I hope you enjoy. Uh, now, this week, uh, we will talk about um, the rest of Southeast Asia. Of course, last week, we covered the border regions to the west and north of Southeast Asia and modern-day uh, Myanmar slash Burma. And then this week, we'll be talking about places in um, the modern-day countries of uh, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, little bit of Malaysia, uh, the mainland part, then um, we'll see um, you know, how fast I can dig into this uh, to kind of get to those places. Uh, it is, of course, the Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S. I am not doing anything, thankfully. I am just hanging around my house and uh, just <laughs> resting. It's been a stressful week at my uh, real-life job. So, uh, thank you for joining me, and uh, we'll go ahead and start this episode. So, um, last week, again, I talked about how the geographic features that separated Southeast Asia from South Asia and East Asia uh, worked, and then I also mentioned a couple of internal features that drew people into and helped kind of define life inside the region. I'll be mentioning a few more of those, but most of this week's episode uh, is focusing on the humans that are living in the region. So, um, most of the geographic stuff this week will be just um, mentioned in passing. Uh, we'll dive back more into that kind of stuff later when we return um, to talk about more developing, uh, I guess, centralized cities and c civilizations. Uh, but for now, though, uh, I'm going to try and give a firmer idea of who is living in this region between 8,000 and 6,000 BC, BCE, um, instead of talking more about like theoretically where modern groups came from, which I know I did a little bit of that last week. So uh, this week we're going to try and just keep it focused on mainly the people living there now. And thankfully I have some very new DNA evidence to talk about on that front. Um, this was something um, that was done in February of last year. In fact, it was so new. I, when I did my episode, um, this was February of last year. We were only two or three episodes in uh, to the podcast. We were still talking about the origins of leatherworking. So this is something um, you know I didn't even pull up when I was talking about the peopling of the world in Southeast Asia. So this is uh, very new to me. Um, but first let's talk about kind of overarching, I guess, progression of humans in this area. So we talked about how, uh, India was one of the first big attractions for humans outside of Africa or all of South Asia. Of course, there were groups that remained in the Middle East, um, but, you know, they were probably focused mainly around the coast. Uh, and then moved north uh, a little bit later. 
And, of course, following along the coast, they were able to reach South Asia and then eventually Australia very quickly after leaving. Uh, within, I think, 10,000 years, I think, is the current time frame uh, that we have record of. And then, of course, on their way to Australia, they would have crossed, uh, again, from South Asia to Southeast Asia. And, um, again, when this is happening, the environment is very different. The sea levels are lower. It's easier to go across um, these kind of the southern boundaries of um, Southeast Asia. Uh, it was probably like not nearly as forested as the interior is. Uh, and uh, these people probably would have been very comfortable around, you know, kind of the sea and and uh, the coasts. Um, we can kind of guess that because, again, they got to the Andaman Islands fairly quickly. And then, of course, they went through um, what is now modern-day Malaysia, Singapore, and then got to, of course, um, Indonesia and those places, and then ended up in Australia. Uh, and while the sea level was, of course, lower, and these places were, you know, a lot more, um, or a lot less, uh, I guess, littoral in nature might be the best term for it, um, there weren't quite as many islands, and there was bigger, I guess, uh, plains to kind of live on. But th there were still, you know, water journeys that would have to be made by boat. Um, but again, that's kind of getting into more into the um, uh, Australian side of things, which again, uh, that's going to be for a future episode. Um, but the people who are moving along the coast at this time, um, they are, of course, you know, related to modern day um uh, aboriginals in Australia and, of course, the Andamanese. And there are, of course, the um, people in Malaysia known as the Negritos, which is the Spanish word for little black people. That's what they're called. I, they still don't have a better terminology for that, so please, uh, you know, just be aware. Um, so, uh, who was living in, I guess, the interior of Southeast Asia at this time. Uh, and who were they related to? Were they related closer to people living in East Asia? Were they related closer to a different group in South Asia? Or were they related to uh, the people who had initially come through and then moved on to um, Australia or the Sahul like supercontinent before it, the water levels rose and overtook it? Well, uh, from this is a paper from, um, uh, let's see, it's uh, Tobias Galliner, uh, Maximilian Lorena, Wibuhu Kutanen, uh, Helmut Lucas, uh, Martin Fielder, and Helmut uh, Schachel, I believe is how you pronounce that. And if not, I do apologize for butchering those pronunciations. Uh, but this was released in Genome Biology and Evolution, Volume 14, Issue 4 on April the, uh, 2022. Um, but it was initially published in February of that year. Uh, they had published that paper independently, and then, of course, it got picked up by the journal, which is something that happens fairly fairly regularly. So uh, they had found a few um, human remains in what is, I believe, now uh, Thailand. 
Um, no, excuse me. Uh, two sets of human remains. One was found in Laos and the other was found in Malaysia. Uh, now, these remains are from after what we're focusing on. Um, they are from... Uh, the one found in Laos was from around... 5800, 5900 BC. Uh, the one found in Malaysia is from a couple of thousand years after that, around uh, around 2500 BC, give or take. But they did DNA evidence, compared them to each other, and compared them to some modern day populations. And what they found was that this these remains are related to uh, the Adamanese people, excuse me, but they are not descended from the Andamanese. They have a shared ancestor, uh, but they are more than likely, I guess, siblings um, or cousins. Uh, they they came from the same like initial human stock and then they diverged from each other and this happened probably sometime between I believe it was 40,000 and 45,000 years ago uh, and they were related to at least some level all of the modern populations of what is now um, Thailand with the exception of um, the Chinese uh, more or less, there, there. Of course, there are some Chinese who have since intermarried with uh, the, you know, the Thai or the Lao or the Vietnamese or the, the Cambodian, whoever, whichever ethnic group is in whatever region. Of course, so they would be related, but only through that. They are not related to the ancient East Asians. Uh, uh, the ancient East Asians will eventually move into the region and intermix with the. I guess this uh, prehistoric population. Now, for what this population is called, that is a matter of some debate. Um, I think, in general, most of the term or the most common term used for this, uh, I guess, this culture, for lack of a better term, uh, because again, there is always a debate if. You know, cultures are their tools at this point, or, you know, are they just using the same techniques to make it due to um, material that is available where they live? You know, that's always one of those big sticking points for archaeologists and anthropologists and that kind of thing. Um, but I'm rambling, so um, again, the name uh, is sometimes referred to as Halbinian. Halbenian, uh, excuse me, uh, and that is a term derived from uh, the Halbin culture or the Vietnamese Van Hao Halbin, uh, and this was first used by, I believe, um, the French uh, archaeologist uh, Madeleine Colani. Uh, she was very famous. Uh, she spent a lot of time in the Far East uh, working in French territory there. Uh, and that's something that had developed uh, over time. She discovered uh, these caves in uh, 
um, what is now again Vietnam, uh, but at the time I believe was just considered part of French Indochina as a whole. And this culture, for lack of a better term, again is kind of characterized as existing between, uh, and this is again a matter of some debate, but somewhere between around 12,000 to some places as late as, you know, the 2500s or the 2000s BC, depending on, depending on your definition and depending on where you're talking about. And this was a very widespread, uh, I guess, uh, tool uh, assemblage group. Um, they were partial to flaked and cobble artifacts. Um, and initially, I think they also used it to kind of consider that this was this large, super ethnic group in the region. But I guess um, that has kind of gone away because, again, there's not much evidence. Uh, we run into uh, the problem that we had in what is um, now like uh, East uh India and uh, Bangladesh, where because of the uh, environment, uh, it's hard to find, you know, a lot of human remains that are, you know, easily testable. Um, but, you know, we have found, uh, of course, some things. So uh, it is a little difficult to kind of pinpoint these groups in, um, in specifics. Um, but what we have kind of suggests that this was a very widespread um, group. They would have covered all of what is now Southeast Asia, and that includes parts of uh, the islands as well. So at the very least, this, this know-how and creation of tools was known for quite a while and in quite far away areas. Now, Vietnam, you begin to see a lot more regional variations uh, and that, you know, the uh, Halbanian is kind of um, being replaced uh, at around our period, our time starts. Uh, you have a couple of cultures that show up. Uh, one is known as the Baksan, and uh, again, apologies for pronunciation. Um, these, uh, this is probably like a regional variation of the Halbanian, uh, maybe not like a true tool culture, but they did um, change up how they grounded up a lot of their uh, cobble artifacts. So they they were kind of probably specialists in that um, in, with that specific material. Uh, but they are a very short-lived subculture, I guess. They only last around 2,000 years, and they are beginning to disappear right at the beginning of our timeline. Uh, now that leads us to the Kunya uh, Van culture, uh, and that is... Uh, that is kind of a specific site in uh, what is now uh, Vietnam. 
And unfortunately, I could not find any sources about this in English. There's some very detailed sources in Vietnamese, but um, it was just not possible to translate it uh, because I there's some stuff that is um, specifically region based. Like I, I like it's it's not giving it's not giving usable translations to English, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, so that is what it is, unfortunately. I'll try to get some more um, detailed translations or, you know, see if hopefully that the research will be translated to English at some point. Um, but until then, uh, we'll just have to leave it there. And then uh, if more information comes to light, I can always go back and correct stuff or kind of fill things out. Again, that is eventually going to be a goal like as new stuff comes out to talk about these older places um or these older periods i suppose because we're still going to be going back and forth between these regions regularly uh, so if any new information becomes available i will gladly elaborate on it and include it uh, for now though let's talk about some other albanian sites that are not necessarily in uh, what is Vietnam, some of these wider spread regions. Um, so let's return, I guess, a bit to the uh, west and talk about uh, Thailand. Uh, now, Thailand uh, has a few different um, sites that can kind of be traced to um, the Halbanian culture, and one of those is known as Spirit Cave. Now, this is not far from the Myanmar-Burmese border, at least in the modern day. Uh, but uh, it is in use uh, for quite a period of time. I think uh, it's there's some evidence that um, people have been using this for at least uh, since 20,000 BCE. Um, and uh, it, I believe it continues use all the way until around um, 6,500 BCE. So it's, it's, a, it's a site that is well used by people who are using the Albanian method to make tools. That might be the best way to think of it. And this is also one of those places where you can begin to see possibly these um, these internal Southeast Asian groups begin to practice a kind of generic form of um, horticulture or animal domestication. You know, just these beginning stirrings. Um, there is evidence, though it is very disputed, that um, certain varieties of plants even began their domestication here. Now again, this is very disputed. Um, the way that smaller things work, they can sometimes shift layers and go deeper. Uh, you'll see this a lot with like small animal bones, um, but it's been suggested that perhaps um, uh, cucumbers, or at least a variety of cucumbers, were first uh, domesticated by these people. Uh, there's also a kind of uh, bean, uh, bottle gourds have been found here, um, some types of uh, chestnuts and things like that. Um, 
And these are type of things, some of these would not even be full meals, that these would just be types of um, dietary enhancements, um, you know, flavoring, uh, you know, just something, you know, you'd add into what you're actually eating. Um, also, I believe that this is a region that sees uh, the earliest set of pottery um, of use in Southeast Asia. Um and this is probably something that they were, if they didn't come up with their own, it was definitely something they were probably trading with groups to the north um, and that would eventually move into the region. Uh, but this site is located kind of at the, the headwaters of um, the Salween River. Uh, and this is, uh, this is a very, very long river. It's over uh, 30... Uh, I believe, yeah, I believe it's over 30 miles long, like north to south. Um, and it's, um, it's very high up. Like the elevation here is, uh, it's over 2000 feet, uh, which is like 650 meters, I believe is what I wrote down in my notes. My handwriting's terrible, by the way. So uh, sometimes even I can't read it. But, uh, so these people were probably coming up to the highlands to get materials for tools. They'd, of course, do a little hunting and gathering. And then, of course, as time went by and they had everything they would need in terms of material, they would probably follow the river along, just, you know, clear out areas and then wait for, you know, nature to take its course and for them to move back in. So this is a very good region to practice that kind of proto-horticulture. You know, you you leave seeds behind, uh, more seeds than would normally be found in the region. Then you'd come back, you know, later, and then you know you, there would be more crops than you had initially found. Uh, it's a very easy process to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's a site in uh, uh, Viet, um, excuse me, not Vietnam, in Thailand. Uh, now. Uh, let's talk about uh, places to the east of that. Uh, so between uh, the Halbian Caves and Spirit Cave, um, we have sites in uh, what is now Cambodia. Uh, this is Long Spin or Spian, uh, or Laong Spian. Uh, and again, I do apologize if I am butchering your languages. Do not hate me. I am trying my best. Now, uh, Halbanian does not show up here until around 9000 BC, BCE, uh, which is a little bit later than, you know, what we have um, for other regions. Uh, but it appears that Cambodia was not occupied in any real settlement until, until this period. Uh, it, it may not have been... The most uh, welcoming environment. Uh, people could have, you know, just been traveling through to get to the rivers and just leaving the region. Uh, but the this is the this is the oldest site that human or Homo sapien remains have been found in Cambodia. Now, the um, 
again, due to the environment, this is, might not be true at all. There could have been plenty of humans living here. We just don't have any record of it. Uh, but the uh, the cave uh, here is actually uh, still being uh, excuse me is still being excavated. Uh, it was initially excavated during 1965 to 1970. However, uh, as you may be aware. Um, there were some serious internal uh, disputes to say nothing of external problems that the Cambodians were dealing with uh, after that period uh, that has kind of prevented large-scale excavation and study, um, and the country is still recovering from those issues. So uh, they are. there is still a current effort. It began again, I believe, in 2010-2011, uh, but it's a slow process, and they are being very, very careful. So excavations have, you know, have been very slow. Um, but they are making progress, and they are trying to get to this Albanian period. Um, they only have some stuff from a little bit later. So unfortunately, right now, we don't have a whole lot to go on in terms of you know, specifics. Um, again, there's a lot of translation issues with getting that material in English. Uh, now, there are a few other places um, that I can mention that are in um, mainland Southeast Asia. Uh, in Malaysia, there is the, um, the Perak, uh, or no, I'm sorry, it's the Lingong Valley in, I think it's uh, like a region or state known as Perak in Malaysia. Um, and this is where you will find uh, there's a lot of good cave and rock shelters. And there is, um, you know, art that can be, be definitively dated to that period. And it's, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing too elaborate. It's very much in line with what you would see in some of those other early cave paintings in uh, Southeast Asia. Um, so there's not been a whole lot of, you know, artistic development, but it's still very, you know, it's still very detailed. It's still very, um, you know, traditional art. Um, but uh, these people will remain in the region. These hunter-gatherers, there are still groups that are direct descendants from these hunter-gatherers, though they have had some intermarriage with um, uh, the agricultural sedentary groups. Uh, I believe um, the, the gentleman I mentioned earlier that was DNA tested and found in Malaysia, he is actually related to the Manek uh, people. Uh, they are one of these uh, uh, Negrito uh, groups. Uh, he is a, well, I don't think he's necessarily a direct descendant of the individual they found, but uh, he has a lot of genetic overlap with him. Um, but even the Manek have around, I think, around 30% or so, give or take, of their DNA has admixture from... Um, the East Asian peoples who will set up um, more centralized states and introduce things like uh, rice cultivation 
to the region. Um, they are also, of course, um, the Manek also have certain levels of Neanderthal DNA, as well as some small levels of Denisovan, although I don't think they fully mapped this region's branch of the Denisovan, so they can't say exactly how much, um, but there is, there is definitely uh, some level of ancestry. Um, also, I believe uh, the Samang people are also related um, to the uh, to the individual they found in Malaysia as well. Also, I don't know why, but I was making it sound like they tested just one guy that's Mani with the uh, DNA of the the um, man they found in Malaysia. Uh, that that was weird. No, uh, they they tested several uh, different groups, and I made it sound like the the ancestor was uh, was just one guy being tested against one guy. No, uh, strike that. That was that was my fault. I didn't explain that properly. Uh, now, in terms of uh, population, so um, the modern day. Uh, I guess, descendants of this individual, the Manek and the Samang, um, they're very small in number. I believe the Manek have only around uh, a couple hundred people still left. Um, now, that's not to say that they're the only descendants of this uh, individual left or this individual's people. Uh, again, there has been certain levels of admixture and intermarriage and just, you know, forcible uh, interbreeding uh, through slavery and things like that. Um, mostly done by the sedentary societies, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the hunter-gatherers occasionally took their own uh, prisoners and things like that. Uh, now, the Samang people, they're a little bit different situation. They still they are across both uh, Thailand and Malaysia. Uh, Thailand, again, you're looking at very small numbers. Uh, Malaysia, you're looking at a couple of thousand. Um, but there's a lot of different ethnic groups in Malaysia. There's a there's a large uh, large portion uh, or a very large diverse population in Malaysia. Uh, this is due to the number of islands and how certain groups are able to kind of isolate themselves either intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, so this is just something to keep in mind. But um, again, this kind of uh, interactions and, you know, uh, conflict between sedentary and semi-sedentary or non-sedentary societies uh, this is something, again, we're going to have to dive into very in-depth. And a lot of different um, a lot of different regions have their own stories, but they all kind of rhyme together in certain, in certain ways or in certain scenarios. So um, I'm not going to get too much into their modern-day descendants because, again, these people, uh, while they're certainly descended from... Uh, these individuals, they have had a lot of interactions and they've evolved very differently and developed differently as well. Um, but if you were to look at these people um, 
you know, you would definitely not consider them, uh, for the most part, you, you probably wouldn't think if you looked at these people that you were thinking, oh, these people are from Southeast Asia. No, you might expect them to be from uh, maybe an Aboriginal group in Australia or perhaps somewhere in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. So, um, you know, there is definitely uh, going to be a story of uh, racial animus and conflict between uh, these hunter-gatherers and uh, these sedentary societies as they develop, uh, not just in different, you know, conflict's not just about lifestyles, it's not just about, um, you know, uh, different, you know, religious, it's also, there's a lot of components that cause this, but, um, yeah, unfortunately there aren't a whole lot of these people remaining uh, although I do believe that the Samong, I believe their population has been increasing um, since uh, Malaysia became an independent country. So, uh, you know, they're, they're fighting back and hopefully the Mani can as well. Although, um, uh, who knows, I guess. Sorry to end this on such a down note, but yeah, you know, that's just kind of one of those things that come up in history. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think this is a good period to call it, um, or a good time to call it for, I guess, mainland Southeast Asia. So, just to summarize, we have the Halbanian culture, which is very widespread and is, in some places, beginning to see regional developments that are different from, I guess, what may be considered the core heartland of the Halbanian, uh, which we don't know where that is. We It's associated with Vietnam because of the name, but it could have very easily arisen somewhere in Thailand or Burma or maybe even Malaysia. Who knows? Um, so that is something to keep in mind. Um, and uh, they are closely related to uh, the Adamanese. Uh, they are not related to the people to the north or to the uh, east. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, they're not related to the people to the north. Uh, this is kind of a different branch. They are kind of descended from the people who first came into India. But again, this was, you know, these that probably broke off um at least 60,000 years ago. Uh, so there's there's been a lot of development between both those groups. Um, and, uh, of course, the people who went to Australia also uh, have kind of uh, developed uh, differently as well. So uh, their closest relatives are the Adam and Eve. Uh, eventually, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the last episode towards the end of this time period, maybe a little bit afterwards. Um, you're going to see more and more migrations down from uh, the north and the northwest from the Tibetan Plateau, from China, or what is now China, uh, the Shan Hills and all that. And this, these people eventually uh, absorb and intermarry and uh, drive out. Uh, these hunter-gatherer groups and take, you know, land suitable for agriculture. Uh, they'll, of course, take tribute taxes, things like that. And uh, that will be kind of uh, probably a focus on the next time we return to this region. 
although again the numbers and this is debatable hopefully there will be some more um, papers published or translated in English that will help me out with this so yeah um, I hope you have enjoyed this episode uh, I know it was kind of a downer kind of got a little uh, heady there at the end um, we will be talking about um, I guess the islands of Southeast Asia next time uh, and then we will move up to um, East Asia uh, as well although I might need to do maybe the islands of Southeast Asia the islands of East Asia things like Taiwan and the Philippines and then go from there back to the mainland I'll think about it I'll, uh, I'll let you guys know um, but yeah uh, thank you for listening I hope you've enjoyed uh, please feel free to send me any feedback or questions or criticisms, constructive criticisms, preferably. Uh, you can reach me at waradrevpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also direct message me via Twitter. You can leave a comment on the YouTube channel. I will find it there. Um, any video, uh, you can comment on any of them. All of them are up. We're now posting there at the same time as we release our episodes live um yeah um and if i screwed up I, I the time frame for some of that dna testing um please keep in mind again i am a i am a decently educated layman on the subject i, I read a lot about it uh, but sometimes the dates still screw me up because they don't use the standard um dating system they they don't use bc or bce they use um what's known as uh, before present in a lot of situations and it's before present plus or minus you know in some cases it's you know it's a thousand years or you know 500 years or 100 years so um some of that is maybe me being a little off with my math uh which is not a strong suit at all so uh, i do apologize if i got that wrong but i can confidently say that 99% of what I talked about does fall within our period of time that we're discussing. So, yeah. Uh, thank you all. Uh, I hope you have a good uh, Memorial Day weekend if you are here in the U.S. And if you are not, uh, then uh, I hope you have a good normal day and week uh, wherever you are. And I know I do have a few international listeners Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I hope everyone has a great day and week. Thank you all. Goodbye.